Hi there. Welcome to this podcast. Uh, This is the beginning for the Financial Freedom Podcast. Um, Yeah, this is just a podcast going to be based around my own personal thoughts and just some ramblings and things like that. Just uh, day-to-day life. Um, It might not be in-depth podcasts. It might not be um, exactly everything you're looking for. But these are just some of my thoughts on um, what I want to do in order to become financially free. Um, Over the last 27 years, um, there hasn't been a whole lot of change for me. I left the house, I left home when I was around 16 or 17. Uh, I went all the way from British Columbia to Alberta, the next province over, and basically left everyone and everything behind. Um, Things in Alberta didn't end up working out the way that I had thought they would, so I ended up finding a way to be able to get back home to British Columbia. So I did that, and... My first initial thought was, when I got back to town, was what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? What am I going to eat? Things like that. I had probably just enough money to afford um, a damage deposit somewhere at that time. So at that time, it was around, let's say, 2014, 15, 16, around there. I'm not exactly sure, but, uh, yeah, I got back to town, and I found a small room in a uh, boarding complex, like a boarding house, that was, uh, $400 a month, um, I ended up paying for the $400 for the month, uh, I don't think there was a damage deposit included, I'm not sure, either that or we made an agreement that I would pay the damage deposit um, at a later date because the amount of money that I had on me was exactly, I think it was around $450, something like that. So I was able to get into the room. Uh, There's just a small bed, a dresser, uh, a little TV, a little nightstand, things like that. There's a small uh, microwave and um, a small closet, things like that. Um, so I stayed there for that month, and in that time, I did try and go out and do some job hunting, but at that period of time, um, I didn't have basically any experience doing anything. So my resume was essentially non-existent at that point. Um, I had no background experience for customer service, I had no background experience for basically anything. Um, I had left school, I had ended up attempting to go back, and it didn't exactly work out the way that I had wanted to, because I ended up aging out, um, so before I could actually go back and finish my school and get my GED or my, uh, high school diploma, my dogwood, I aged out, so I wasn't able to complete it. Um... I found 
being in a normal school setting to be a lot better for me personally, just for like the routine and the schedule and the structure and things like that. Like, you know, when you're in regular high school, the, the bell rings and you know that you have a certain a lot amount of time to get to your next class or the bell rings for lunch and you have a certain a lot of amount of time for lunch and then you have to be back at your next class when the bell rings again. Um, that kind of schedule really seemed to work for me. And now, as an adult, I need to try and figure out how to regain some of that schedule that I had had previously. Because even though, like, school was, you know, it was school, I was young, and, you know, it wasn't my favorite thing in the world. But now that I'm older, I realize that, looking back, I really did enjoy the structure, I enjoyed the routine. I knew exactly what I was doing, I knew exactly where I was going, and my day was basically planned out. Um, jumping ahead into today, um, I'm now 27 years old, I have two cars, I have a really nice three-bedroom, two-bathroom place, um, mind you, I still rent, it's, uh, it's about $1,400 rent here in, uh, British Columbia where I'm living, but it's a heck of a lot better than basically where I started from. Again, at this point, I still not have yet completed my uh, high school diploma. I am almost through my last course. I have two units left of my accounting 11 course in order to graduate. Um, the problem I have recently is just basically my procrastination and my um, not necessarily not unwillingness to do things. It was more um, a lot of anxiety issues, a lot of anxiety-related issues. So I'm the type of personality that if I have to phone people or I have to make appointments or I need to do something for myself, I find it very difficult to do those types of things without some sort of motivation, without some sort of... Um, something. I'm not exactly sure what, but I do realize that I get a whole lot of anxiety uh, surrounding myself when I have to do those types of things. Mind you, when I have to do those types of things for other people in order to help other people, I don't find it that hard. It's uh, a non-issue for me. Um, last few years for me here have been sort of up and down. It's been a roller coaster of uh, a lot of emotions and a lot of uh, different jobs and a lot of kind of finding out who I am. Um, I did a lot of customer service uh, work over the years. I have over seven years of customer service experience now under my belt. Um, I've also done a couple years of uh, manual labor work, like uh, warehouses and furniture building and moving, and uh, I also worked at a pipeline camp. Uh, it was a gas pipeline, I think it was uh, <clears throat> one of the ones that comes up from Vancouver, or goes down to Vancouver, I'm not sure exactly. But I was working on one of them, and uh, I was doing housekeeping at the time. <clears throat> so it was a rotational 12-hour shifts, so it was basically I would go out to the camp, which was an hour and a half away from my hometown, 
in a different town completely. I would travel to the camp and I would stay out there for 20 days and then I would come home for 10 days. So while I was out at the camp um, learning how to be a housekeeper and you know do the cleaning procedures and the laundry procedures and vacuuming and mopping and things like that, I had learned how to keep myself under a regular maintained schedule which was really nice because I knew exactly what time I needed to be up in the morning in order to get to the morning meeting. Uh, I knew how much time exactly I needed to, if I was going to wake up and have breakfast, I needed to wake up a little earlier. If I was going to wake up and just have a shower and just sit there and relax and have a cup of coffee or have a cup of tea and just kind of ease into my morning, I had the allotted time in order to do that. So I would usually try and give myself at least an hour. If I could get a little bit more, uh, hour and a half to maybe two hours before I actually had to start work, that was some of the best times that I had in my morning. Um, it wasn't necessarily for me to get ready or to plan my day out or anything because I already had gotten down the schedule of exactly what I needed to do throughout the day and it didn't really change at all for that job. Um, so it was quite nice. Whereas now I've cotton back into town, uh, my hometown here, but the reason I had to leave camp there was because of mainly COVID, and then also a lot of the workers that were working on the pipeline, the main workers, the welders, and things like that, had left to go to a different area of the pipeline, so a different town, a different city. Um, so we lost 150 workers in one day, and then the next day, we lost another 250 workers. Um, so, you know, that's a hun like hundreds and hundreds of workers and that basically were done their position on the pipeline and they left. And that meant that we were down almost over 300 rooms. So there was not enough work. There wasn't enough need for all the housekeepers that we had hired. Um, and that left me in a position of uncertainty and not knowing what exactly I was going to do because our hours got cut from 12 hours a day, 7 to 7, uh, all the way down to 6 hours a day. And that was quite hard to do because it was sort of not exactly the best situation. I had asked my supervisors exactly what the uh, plan was going to be. Like, is there a, a time frame that we're going to be stuck at 6 hours? Is there a time frame that um, the work is going to increase or go back up. Like, you know, the money in this situation matters because, again, like, I had just got a new place. It was expensive, and I needed to know that I was going to have enough over the month to afford it. And they had basically told me, they said, no, we don't have a time frame. Uh, we're not exactly sure if the work is going to go back up again. We're not exactly sure if you'll be able to get back up to 12 hours again. Um... And that was basically written out in our contracts. They said, you know, it's still minimum wage, but they're going to be long shifts. You're going to be working 12 hours a day, and you'll be able to accumulate some of your hours and time and stuff like that, and some of the money that you're going to be making over or through the overtime. And so I went out for my first month. It was 20 days. And I came home with $3,500, so $3,500. And then I went out for another 
week, week and a half or so, and I came home with another $1,500. So it's basically, it was over $4,000 that I was bringing in a month from that job. Um, by the time I had gotten out of that job and I came back home, I ended up trying to find work and I would, you know, work anywhere I could find. So I ended up working within a big box store, um, doing warehouse in the back. So I was loading and unloading the trucks onto receiving belts. And it was a lot of uh, big heavy uh, products and big boxes and, you know, a lot of odds and ends stuff, basically. There were certain days where we would get everything was just big, big items. And then there were other days where we would get... Um, a lot of tiny items that would take all day and then there were other times where we would get absolutely nothing for days and days on end and again it was sort of like I kept getting sent home there wasn't any work to do so it was sort of like you know there's no truck today so you can either go on the floor and kind of tootle around for eight hours a day or you can you know try and find something to do or you can head home so it basically kept sending me home and I wasn't getting the hours that I was supposed to be getting um yeah I worked at that job for about a month, month and a half, again, and I made 800 bucks. $800 is the amount that I made, basically, and I, I knew immediately that that wasn't going to cut it, that wasn't going to be enough for me to be able to sustain having the house that I have right now, the place that I'm living in. That wasn't going to be enough to sustain being able to go out and buy groceries. That wasn't going to be enough to sustain being able to pay off the car payments as well as the phone bill payments and the internet and all the other utilities and stuff like that. Because just alone, my rent is $1,400. And $800 a month was definitely not going to make it. So I ended up uh, leaving due to that fact and due to some other stuff there was a lot of uh, kind of shady tactics being used within the business for uh, their COVID procedures they weren't following them and there were some cases that were happening at work and they wouldn't exactly tell us whether it was customer or whether it was co-worker and we didn't know um, exactly what time frames that it was happening or how long it took for them to catch it right and they wouldn't tell us anything, so I basically told them, I said, I don't, I don't feel safe working in a place that doesn't know what's going on with their co-workers. I don't feel safe working in a place that doesn't know exactly what's going on, especially with COVID right now. So I ended up walking off of that job, and I did try to give them two weeks notice, but they declined and just said, you know, basically get out. So I said, okay, signed my letter of termination, and I just left. I didn't didn't look back I didn't want to work anymore because it was it was very horrible actually the way that they treated their staff um yeah I ended up finding another job um a day later or no not a day but it was uh, maybe about a week a week later I found another job uh working at a furniture store and my job entailed in that one was again it was a warehouse job but it was mainly furniture I didn't have to deal with anything else. I didn't have to deal with treadmills. I didn't have to deal with generators or uh, stoves or anything big and heavy animals like that. It was mainly just, you know, beds and um, box frames and couches and things like that that I had to assemble. 
so when the trucks would come I would unload a truck but it was it was a lot of work like it was some of the trucks were 100 foot trucks so they would come with you know 215 pieces of furniture but many of those pieces of furniture would be you know couches and beds and things like that so the majority of the truck was fairly easy to get through you have you know three or four guys helping out everybody worked as a team and you would just get your dollies or your um, pulleys or whatever it was and you would just get the furniture out of the truck put it into the loading dock um, do your inventory and make sure everything was there and accounted for and then once that was done you sign your paperwork for the driver and then you would take your your furniture um, and you would bring it into the downstairs warehouse and organize it put it into its correct spots that it was supposed to be in and things like that and then those are the days that I really enjoyed because it took up a good portion of my work and then there were other days especially after the holiday season ended where a lot of my days were filled up with furniture building and you know assembling and things like that and moving furniture on the, the showroom floor and stuff like that but after after the season ended like the holiday season there was again no work there was nothing left to do um, you could you know assemble a few pieces of furniture that we needed on the floor and then that was basically it for the day uh, you could stay at work for maybe a couple hours and then you'd have to go home because there was there was nothing left to do and obviously employers don't want to have to pay you for standing around and not doing anything so again it got to the point where I was let go from that job and uh, there was just not not enough work left to do there I wasn't getting the hours that I was supposed to be getting things like that so I ended up looking around again and this is all within the period of you know two months I've basically had a job for two months of these times and then rolling into this month I kind of figured to myself like I don't want to do this anymore I don't want to work these minimum wage jobs and do the amount of work that I am doing for a minimum wage and then be let go when there's no work you know I was I'm frustrated I'm done like I, I don't want to do it anymore if I'm gonna work I'm going to give it my all, and I expect to be receiving what I think I'm worth. Um, and there's, like, I've even realized that over the last couple of years, like, anytime I go into a job interview, anytime I start a new job, I try and ask the employers, is there any way that we can renegotiate the agreement for, you know, the wage? Um, some of them say no, some of them say yes, a lot of them say no, um, and that's unfortunate. But recently, um, I ended up applying for a position that, again, I have no previous prior experience in. Um, I applied at a car dealership to be a full-time sales consultant. Um... I have no experience in it. I do have, you know, customer service experience and customer relations experience. But in terms of actually selling big ticket items like cars and trying to go out and find clients for myself and trying to go out and find different avenues of marketing that I could use, different techniques that I could, you know, use in order to gain more clients, not only for myself, but for the business, in order to 
get more, um, you know, revenue. It's, it's, I don't have any experience in that. So I actually just got hired today. Um, it's Friday, February 12th. Today was the day that I found out that they were bringing me on board. And I, you know, went through a whole interview process with them that was actually very fun. It was very enjoyable uh, interview process. Um, my first interview was just with the main manager guy. And I went in for an interview with him. And it was, uh, it was a normal type interview. It was quite nice, actually. We were able to have a good conversation. And I was able to be professional and show him my side of customer service. And then I left for the weekend. And I came back and he called me in for another interview, a second interview. Uh, I thought, okay, maybe he's going to turn around and have some different questions for me this time. Maybe maybe something like that. So I came in, did another interview with him, uh, completely different questions. And then he decided to take me and introduce me to a different sales manager who sat me down and I had another interview with that sales manager. And then after that, I went back to the main boss and he brought me next door to a different car dealership and brought me, sat me down uh, and had me sit down with another general manager and have another interview with that general manager who then himself introduced me to his partner who I sat down with and had another short interview with. All in all, this whole interview process took about an hour and a half, uh, a little bit more, but it was one of the most enjoyable um, interesting interview processes I have ever had. All of the interviews that I've had over the years have been generally the same. Um, what are your qualifications? What makes you think that you would be a good fit for our store? Things and blah, 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 blah. But these guys actually asked like some real personal questions and it was real. Um, I had to stay on my toes in order to keep up with everyone's questions and keep up with, you know, my professionalism and things like that. And when they had asked me, they said, have you ever sold a big ticket item, uh, you know, like a car or anything like that? And I told them, I said, no, I haven't, but I can learn. And they said, okay, that's good enough. Um, so now starting next Thursday, I now have to figure out how to become the best car salesman that I can be in order to become the person that I want to become. I know that a lot of car salesmen and salespeople in general, sales managers, sales executives, things like that, they're very enthusiastic, they're very outgoing, they're very extroverted, they uh, are very good at keeping on their toes and staying light on their feet and being able to switch from topic to topic to topic. And for me personally, I'm not necessarily like that, like I can have times where I am like that especially if I'm interested in something. And I do believe that I am interested in this. This is something that could turn into a career, not just a retail job, right? So I'm very excited. Um, I learned that it's not just commission-based, it's a salary. And then on top of that, I get a commission after six months. Or no, after six months, I think it's... After I sell six cars, then I can start getting commissions. So I'm pretty excited. Um, the salary month is $3,000 a month starting wage and then after I sell six cars I can start earning a percentage of commission on those cars 
So let's say, <clears throat> I think it's all the way up to 13%, something like that, 13 to 15%. So if I sell a $46,000 car, I can get 15% of that commission on top of my $3,000 base wage. And that's only one car. If I sell 10, 15, 20 cars per month that all range around that thirty-six dollars to $40,000 mark, and I can get commissions for each of those cars, in addition to my $3,000 a month base salary, I could be making a lot of money. So I'm pretty excited. Um, but now it's just about figuring out what my strategy is going to be, how I'm going to be able to go get clients, how I'm going to talk to these clients, how I'm going to introduce myself, how I'm going to present myself, how to stay professional and how to, you know, have a good um, language with, uh, in terms of being professional language, linguistics, right? I can't just talk like I am talking now. This is a very casual sort of way of talking. If I was talking to a potential client, it would have to be more enthusiastic, more bubbly, more, hi, how are you doing today? Uh, is there anything I can help you find? Except, you know, ramped up to 11 in personality-wise. So, again, I have to figure out how to reteach myself how to do that. I need to listen to different podcasts and read different articles, listen to different videos and movies and YouTube and things like that to try and see if I can figure out the best way to become the best salesman that I can become and to find the best amount of clients that I can find in my small town. So a few things over the next couple of days I'm going to try and do until I actually start my first day of work is going to be just research. I'm going to research, research, research everything that I can about how to become a good salesman and how to you know, present myself. I'm going to research how to build my own website. I have to research uh, different marketing tactics and techniques that I can use within the business and out in the community. I have to research um, some of my basic language skills and to figure out how to properly talk to the potential clients. I have to research um, different methods of social media uh, usage that I could use to market myself within the company. And I also have to research some stuff about penmanship and being able to write neater, um, things like that. Things that I can, you know, do right now for myself in order to be able to be better. So this is something that's brand new for me. I've never done this before. Uh, same thing with this podcast. I've never started a podcast before. So if you enjoyed this episode and you would like to hear more, um, please leave a like or you can feel free to um, email me at creativecapturemediahouse at gmail.com. Again, that's creativecapturemediahouse, all one word, at gmail.com. Um, yeah, I would really like to figure out how to, you know, become a community-based professional salesperson. So those are my goals for over the next couple days. And I will catch you guys on the next episode. Thank you very much for listening. Good night. Thank you.